Just a few moments ago, uh, we read responsively the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And in that story, we were able to behold the gift of God's Son in Jesus Christ. Now, the word behold is not a word that you use in your everyday conversations, right? You just don't. But it is a word that we want to pay attention to. It it means you don't want to miss this or take note of this. So my goal uh, this afternoon is just to help you to behold or take note of what God did 2,000 years ago. The fact that God saw the present situation of our sin-impacted world, and he chose not to look away. No, God saw our sinfulness, saw our need for a Savior, and then he went ahead and provided one. So for all of you gathered here today, for all of you watching online right now, what I want you to walk away is with an understanding of this, that God had you in mind when Jesus took on human flesh and was born in a stable, like Laura pointed out just a moment ago. God had all of you in mind when he allowed his son Jesus to be nailed to a cross to pay for every mistake that you've ever committed in your life. And while you may know that information, my question is this, how do you continue to behold Christmas, especially after you leave here and pull out of the parking lot? How do you continue to take note of what God has done for you and and keep it in your heart? So so what I'm going to do today is provide you with some objects. I'm going to set them up here on this table in front of me. And each of these objects are connected to a Christmas truth, okay? And, And what my hope is that as you see these different objects, it'll turn on a light bulb and you say, oh, that's right. This is what Christmas is really all about. So let's jump right in. The first object that I have is this. It's a nativity scene. Now, nativity scenes are everywhere. In fact, just a quick show of hands. How many of you have some form of a nativity scene in your house? Yes. Oh, look at that. Lots of images. And of course, you'll, you'll, you might also see them outside in front of somebody's home. You might see them in front of a church or even some businesses will have them. Okay, well, here's what I want you to do to help you behold Christmas, to help you, you know, take note of what God has done for you in Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. Every time you see a nativity scene, I want you to think this, that really happened in history. I want you to think that. In fact, let's just say that out loud together. Ready? That really happened in history. Good, because it did. Christ's birth actually happened in human history. We read about it just a moment ago. Remember? In Luke 2, it says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in an inn. So yes, Jesus' birth was an event that actually took place in human history. Think about it. You can go to Washington, D.C., and and I've been there on a number of occasions. If you go to Washington, D.C., you know there are lots of things to see and do there. One thing that you can go and see, and I've been there, is the Holocaust Museum. It's a very powerful place. But the reason why the Holocaust Memorial Museum exists in Washington, D.C. is because the Holocaust 
really happened in history, right? You can go to Germany and you can tour the different concentration camps. You can stand in the prison yards where countless Jews and other people were killed. And you can do all of that because the Holocaust really happened in history. And I share that because when you are driving through a neighborhood, you might see a nativity scene in front of somebody's yard. But as you're driving further down the street, you might also see a yard that has a Santa Claus and some elves and Frosty the Snowman. Or I've seen there's a lot of Olafs and Elsa and Anna things out there as well. And here's where I'm going with this. When you see those other, those other um, you know, fairy tales of Christmas and, and you drive by a nativity scene, the temptation is to put those, those other fairy tales of Christmas together with the nativity scene and, and just lump it all together under this category of Christmas folklore. But that's not true, is it? Because Christ's birth really happened in history. You can stand in the fields where the angels announced Christ's birth 2,000 years ago. You can, you can go and see the city of Bethlehem where Jesus was born. You can walk in the streets of Nazareth where Jesus grew up as a kid. You can see the place where Jesus was crucified to pay for your sins and mine. You can look into an empty tomb where Jesus burst forth in resurrection victory on that first Easter. And you can do all of those things because it all happened in history. So again, to help you behold Christmas this year, when you, whenever you see a nativity scene, I want you to think, yep, that really happened in history. But then I want you to tag on this statement. And it happened for me. Because that's true too. Jesus took on flesh and bones and came to this earth for you. Even though sin separated you from God, yet it says so beautifully in this very familiar passage, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. So again, whenever you see a nativity scene, think that really happened in history. And, and it happened for me. All right, here's the second object and I have, there is a record album. And I have this record album because there is no other time of the year when you tend to hear more music than at Christmas time. Now, record albums have become quite popular. You know, they've become, you know, quite a thing. And, and, and that's great. But for those, because we are a church of multi-generations, the way this works is inside this piece of cardboard is this little black plastic disc about the size of a 12 inch pizza. And what you do is you stick this on a thing called a turntable and you have an arm that has a little needle and you put it in there carefully because you don't want to scratch it. And then you put it inside this little groove that's embedded in the plastic. And there's this magic that happens and outcome sound. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, the technology. And to, to be fair, the technology is greatly improved. All right. When you listen to phonograph albums today, uh, it's a pretty good sound. When I was a kid, I don't know if you, some of you grandmas and grandpas might know what I'm talking about. I had this, when I was a kid, there was this, it was like a little suitcase. It was a little phonograph player. And we would take that thing around. It would play these records the size of, it was, it's called a 45. And the sound was awful. It was, it was terrible. It's like the sound was coming out of a Pepsi can. But, but my point is, you hear a lot of Christmas, at, you hear a lot of music at Christmas. And some of it is beautiful, wonderful music, isn't it? 
Some of it's rather odd, like songs about mama kissing Santa and people getting run over by reindeer and stuff like that. But here's where I'm going with this. When you hear Christmas music, even though it's tempting to just ignore it or think of it as nothing more than background noise, here's what I want to do. When you listen, when you hear Christmas music, and I mean any Christmas music, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the first Christmas carol offered up by the angels 2,000 years ago. Remember this, it was in Luke 2. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So in light of what the angels shared 2,000 years ago, here's what I'd like you to do. Whenever you hear Christmas music, I want you to just pause and think to yourself and just maybe offer up a, a prayer of praise and say, glory to God in the highest. All right, think that to yourself. In fact, let's say that together. Ready? Glory to God in the highest. That's right. And God deserves all glory, honor, and praise because filled with love for you, he sent Jesus to come to this earth to be our savior. And through faith in Jesus Christ, you now have peace with God. And that's a peace that exchanges the worry over sins committed with the calm of sins forgiven. It's a peace that exchanges the anxiety over eternity with the confident trust that one day heaven will be your home forever. And, and I don't know about you, but you know, filled with joy because of what God has done in Jesus. I, I want to honor and glorify God in all that I say and do. And my guess is that you do too, right? You want that. So after you, when you hear Christmas music, and you say, glory to God in the highest, here's what I would like you to also do. Follow that up by saying, and God be glorified in me, right? In all that I say and do, in my thoughts, my actions, my decisions, everything, God, may I be able to honor and glorify you. So when you hear Christmas music, again, just to kind of help you behold Christmas, to take note of what God has done in Jesus, next time you hear Christmas music, pause and say, glory to God in the highest, and then follow it up with saying, God be glorified in me. All right, here's the third thing. This is a Christmas card, and um, this is a big Christmas, the biggest Christmas card I could find, but uh, a lot of people get Christmas cards. How, quick show of hands, how many of you guys receive Christmas cards? Okay, all right. So for those of you who may not or don't know how this works, over the course of a year, people evaluate their relationships, don't they? And then when it comes to Christmas time, they kind of make a list of people to whom they're going to send a Christmas card to help, you know, just touch and encourage and bless that person's lives. A lot of people do this. So here's what I want you to do. When you get home, I'd like you to just try and find some Christmas cards and then open it up and see who it's from. And as you do that, this is what I'd like you to just pause and think. Say, Lord God, thank you that I'm on someone's friendship list. I want you to think that. Okay, let's say that together. Ready? God, thank you that I'm on someone's friendship list. That's a beautiful thing to have people that have you on their mind, to have people who want to encourage and bless you. That's an amazing gift. So as you're holding that card in your hand and you're thinking, and you're saying, God, thank you that I'm on somebody else's friendship list, which is pretty amazing. 
be, I want you to pause a moment longer, and then I want you to add this. While you're holding that Christmas card in your hand, I want you to add, and thank you for putting me on your friendship list. God, thank you that I'm on your friendship list. And this is a big deal, because you may have the greatest friends, but you know what? They're not perfect, are they? They don't have unlimited time for you. They're not perfect in their listening skills or their ability to empathize with you. And they are not without fault when it comes to wisdom and advice. They're just, they're flawed. But when you are on God's friendship list, it's amazing because then you are in a relationship with a friend who is absolutely perfect, right? He, he, is, he has a love for you that is unconditional. His listening skills are unmatched, unparalleled. His, his wisdom, is, his guidance is always true 100% of the time. It's accurate 100% of the time. His power and resources are infinite. And get this, he's available 24-7 all the time. So as your friend, it's, it's great to have Jesus as your friend, your perfect friend. In John 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends, right? For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. So it is definitely good to have a friend in Jesus, especially when it comes to this time of the year. Because for some of you, Christmas may not be all that jolly and merry. For some of you, Christmas may be difficult. Maybe tomorrow there will be an empty chair at the Christmas dinner table because of a divorce or because of the loss of a loved one. My father died not even two months ago. It's going to be a different Christmas for me. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's there's some work-related or health-related issue that is directly impacting you. Whatever the case is, understand that when you are on God's friendship list, even though you may feel alone in a particular scenario, you never really are. Because remember, Jesus is your Emmanuel. He's God with you. And he will walk with you into this Christmas. Even if you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death itself, God will be there every step of the way with you. So to help you behold Christmas, to help you take note of what God has done for you in Jesus, when you get home, take a look at your Christmas cards and say, God, thank you that I'm on someone else's friendship list. That's pretty cool. But then also thank him for putting you on his friendship list. All right, next object is this. Yeah, we know what this is, don't we? Yes, it's not just any card. It is a credit card. And if you've been like me, you've been using that little piece of plastic a lot over these last couple of weeks. In fact, some of you have been using your credit card at a blistering pace, and I would say single-handedly helped defend off the recession. So thank you. But here's what I want you to think of. When you see a credit card and you tap it or you slide it in or you swipe it or whatever you're doing, you know as well as I do, as soon as you do that, there's some time, isn't there, while that card is being processed. There's, it's just a couple of seconds, but here's what I'd like you to do. It, it, you know, uh, as you, if you're like me, while you're waiting, you're thinking, I'm going to have to pay for this bill. And if it's a really big bill, you're going to think, yeah, this, this is going to hurt. Okay, but here's what I want you to do to help you to behold Christmas when, and, and just to help you take note of what God has done for you in Jesus, 
Next time you swipe or, you know, insert your card or whatever, next time you use that and you're waiting for it to process, don't waste that time. Turn that, those few seconds into a, a time of worship and say this, God, thank you that Jesus paid the debt of sin. Just think that in your mind. Now let's say that together, ready? God, thank you that Jesus paid the debt of sin. Filled with love, Jesus stepped out of heaven and came to this earth and paid the punishment that everybody deserved for everything they've ever done wrong. And now, as a gift of grace, God offers forgiveness and eternal life. Doesn't get any better than that. Romans 6 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And obviously, that's good news, right? That's great news. Because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you are restored in your relationship with God, and you can know with confidence that someday you're going to heaven with him. You're gonna be there in heaven with him. It's pretty awesome. So next time you use your credit card, again, just take that time that you're kind of sitting there waiting and turn it into a time of worship and say, God, thank you that Jesus paid the debt of sin. But then I want you to tag on this other statement as well because you might have a little, maybe another couple of seconds. And here's what I'd like you to add on. And thank you for paying my debt. Because again, that's why Jesus came, right? That's why he was born in a manger. He, even seriously, even if you were the only person on planet earth and you were a sinner, Jesus still would have taken on human flesh, come to this earth and died for you. So again, when you're using your credit card, and you've stuck it in, or you swiped, or you tapped it, and you're waiting kind of for the receipt to press it, come out, you've got those seconds. Use that to say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the debt of sin, and thank you, Jesus, for paying my sin as well. All right, one last, one last object, and it's this. It's a gift. And I have this up here because we do the strangest of things at this time of the year. We don't think of it as strange, but we really don't do this any other time except now. We exchange presents, don't we? We exchange gifts with one another. And when you receive a gift, you're going to receive a gift from somebody that cares about you, right? Of course. And that's because people who love give, right? Simple truth. People who love give. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Be, you know, when you open your presents tomorrow morning, or for those of you cheat and open them tonight, and I don't even want to see any hands going up on that one. But here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> when you, before you open your gift, here, again, this is what I just, I'd like to challenge you before, as you're holding that gift, I want you to challenge you to think this. Thank you, God, for this gift of love. All right, think that to yourself. Let's say that, ready? Thank you, God, for this gift of love. Thank you, God, that somebody cares for me and is giving me this wonderful present. And of course, this might be, I'm sure, the gifts that you receive are wonderful gifts. But, the, but you know, the something, there is something that you really need more than anything else, and that's forgiveness and eternal life. And guess what? That came to you by form of a gift too. It came in a form of a gift that you can't earn. You certainly don't deserve it, but God gives it to you anyway, and that's called grace. 
So God gave you a gift of his grace, and that gift came in the person of Jesus. Ephesians 2 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. So when you open up your gifts, along with saying, thank you, God, for this gift of love, that somebody cared enough about me to give me this present, I want you to follow that up with this statement. And thank you for your gift of grace. Because that's what forgiveness and eternal life are. They are gifts of God's grace that are available to you through faith in Jesus as your personal Savior. It cost God an, an enormous price. Right? It cost God the life of his son to give you those gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. But they are yours when you trust and believe that Jesus is your personal savior. When you trust and believe that you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, but God gives it to you, any, in, uh, gives it to you in Jesus anyway. So when you open up your gifts, before you do, say, God, thank you for this gift of love. But follow that up by also saying, and thank you for your gift of grace to me in Jesus. So there you go, some objects that might help you behold Christmas, to take note of what God has done for you in Jesus. But let me just wrap it up by challenging you in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, whether you do it later on this evening or tomorrow morning, whether you do it by yourself or with your family, reread that story of our Lord's birth. And then second, look for ways to behold the joy of Christmas each day. Think about these objects so they can help you understand what Christmas is truly all about and that God gave you his very best. He gave his very best so that all people everywhere could be forgiven and saved. And then finally, give thanks to God for his love for you in Jesus. Uh, Maybe it's before you open up your presents. Uh, Maybe it's just before you sit down to eat your big family meal tomorrow. Take time and offer up a prayer of thanks and worship God for the greatest gift this world has ever known. Would you pray with me, please? Father, right now, I just pray that you would soften hearts that are hard and open hearts that are closed so that all of our hearts here in this place are filled with worship and adoration for you and your gift of Jesus. Fill us with the true sense of joy and peace that can only come from knowing Jesus as our personal Savior and truly beholding all that your love has accomplished for us through him. Father, bless us, draw us to you now and always. We love you and we pray all of this in the holy name of Jesus and together we all say, amen, amen.